my spooky lover friends. This is the Valentine's Day episode of Dairyland Fright, the paranormal podcast that also about paranormal love in the Midwest. <laughs> so today we're doing a Valentine's Day episode, and I couldn't think of a better guest who I love and care for more than anything who's been on the show, and I love every time I can get her on the show. Delightful Deborah from Paranormal Paradigma. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, and again, thank you so much for joining me. I get my fans love you, my spooky friends love you, and of course, I love you because you always bring some great stuff to the show. Okay. And uh, before we get started, though, talking about some spooky love tales, how's Paranormal Paradigma going? Why don't you tell my spooky friends? Well, uh, thank you for asking. Um, things are, are looking up. Uh, I really didn't know where this would sort of take me. But so far, people are responding well. It really does seem that there is a bit of a niche for people who have paranormal experiences, want to better understand them, want to overcome any fear or stigma associated with them. And the fact that they have somebody to talk to um, seems to be, uh, very helpful, you know, and I've been able to help a few people, uh, more than I thought that I probably had by this point. Um, and, um, it's just getting an overall good response. So basically what I've been doing is one-on-one -on -one sessions with, uh, a few interested, uh, individuals who are looking to deepen their connection with themselves and the paranormal. Um, I've also done group sessions where uh, I get together a group of individuals and we talk about our paranormal experiences and, you know, what they can possibly mean and how to overcome any sort of limiting beliefs regarding the paranormal, even themselves and any fear, uh, how to empower themselves, how to protect themselves. So it's, it's been a lot. It's, uh, um, it's been going well. Awesome. Awesome. Because, you know, again, I think that's something that's super important uh, for people out there who listen, uh, not only to my podcast, Dairyland Price, but listen to other podcasts. A lot of podcasts out there scare you and everything. That's fine. That's, you know, that's entertainment, right? But, yeah. you know, there are uh, people out there who are generally scared, who, you know, really need someone to talk to, need someone to talk about you know, when they were a little kid and they saw a ghost and now they're kind of dealing with that stigma of, am I weird? Am I strange? You know, what's going on here? So I think that's, a, you know, what you're doing is awesome. And also, Deborah does these great things on TikTok. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> she's a great actress. You know, come on, Diamond in the Rough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You're <laughs> Yeah, so I will always put stuff uh, in the in the notes and everything, and then uh, I follow her on uh, Instagram, um, Facebook, all the other places she's on. So if you go to my stuff, you can catch her stuff, and, and please feel free to reach out to her or reach out to me, and I can you know reach out to her if you're maybe don't want to you know reach out to her and you want to talk to me first. Great, I will share it with uh, Deborah. So. Let's get into the paranormal love here on uh, Dairyland Fright. Dairyland Love Fright. 
mm-hmm. episode. So on our ninth episode last year, we talked about a thing called psychophilia. And psychophilia is the love attraction to goats. Now, go back and listen to episode nine. There's some really funny stories in there. Uh, people who say they've had ghost babies, Deborah. <laughs> ghost babies. Yeah. Okay. So they had mm-hmm. an affair with a ghost, and they said they had the ghost. See? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought I had heard it all, but I hadn't heard about that one. <laughs> so that's yeah, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> article on there she was on a show in the uk and people were interviewing her and she has said yep i've you know been in love with this ghost and things are going the way they go and all this other stuff and i'm like what is going on <laughs> there are women who have been divorced from ghosts because i don't know the ghost just isn't working out so i gotta divorce them um there's been Yes, there's been women who have had numerous affairs with ghosts, and uh, it talked about that. Um, so it's quite interesting to say that, Deborah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that this is a thing is yeah. interesting to say that. <laughs> right, it is. Yeah, there's, there's there's story a lot of stories out there too. We'll get some fun questions to ask Deborah here before we wrap up. But Deborah, you said you had a story that you got off of Reddit that you would like. Yes, to- I let's do that. It's a little bit long, so bear with me, guys. Um, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, if it's on Reddit, typically, you know, it's pretty good. All right. So. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from the Redditor uh, J-U-P-D-I-K-E-18, so Jupdike18, I don't know. Um, Sure. And it was seven years ago, and it says, I fell in love with a ghost. So let's see what happened there. Yeah, let's see what happened. Let's see what happened. So this isn't your typical story of love at first sight. In reality, it's kind of a love horror story. Uh I was 17. And she could have been 30 in ghost years at the time. For all I knew, I, I, what? Did he write that right? Or am I reading it wrong? I was 17 and she could have been 30 in ghost years at the time. For all I knew, had I known she was dead. He wrote that wrong. Which I didn't at the time. Are ghost years even a thing? I first encountered her on a bus on my way to school. I moved with my mom into the country and went to school in a small town from the Midwest. The bus would pick me up at 6.30 a.m. every day. The second, I was the second one to get picked up on the route and the second to last to be dropped off. The girl I had the hots for being the only person to be picked up before me and dropped off after. The bus driver would greet everyone by name every morning, so I knew all 12 or so people on that bus, except her. It's as if they were family. Albeit, one that I didn't really care for. I was quiet and got picked on a lot, so I kept to myself. I didn't really talk to anyone. It didn't help that the bane of my existence rode the same bus as me. We'll call him Dalton. He was the epitome of asshole. He knew that my dad left when I was little and that my mom was odd. He reminded me of it every day. 
I loved my mother, but when I was on the bus, I selfishly despised her for the life I had been given, even though I knew it wasn't really her fault. But anyway, I saw her on the bus all the time, but I could, but never saw her outside of the bus. I always figured I'd probably just never had a class with her or something. I had a crush on her since I could remember. She always had this pastel spring-esque dress that felt warm looking at it. She had the deepest brown hair and the fairest of skin that contrasted in much the same way the moon contrasts the night sky. I never saw her eyes because she was always looking down or out the window of the bus. I wanted to talk to her, hear her voice, learn her name. She had a mystique that constantly, that consistently took my breath away and the mystery of her silence added to my yearning. But I was too chicken. This went on for quite some time. Then... I had a particularly bad day at school one day. Dalton had embarrassed me more than normal. I got in trouble for some shit that some other kid did, and Dalton embarrassed me again. I was mad. Yeah, I was mad. And I knew I needed to calm down. I figured maybe I can use a bad day as motivation to talk to the girl on the bus. I thought that today was already bad enough, so if I get rejected, I wouldn't have really lost anything. The end of the school came and I made my way to the bus. People were already piling in. And when I got on, I saw her sitting by herself towards the middle end of the bus alone. I felt my heart jump to my throat as I did my best to build up the courage I had the other earlier that day. I made my way to her and I sat down next to her. She was staring at the ground and did not look at me when I sat down. I was quiet for a second before I awkwardly said, Hey, I've seen you on the bus since I can remember, but I never got your name. I'm John. I remember thinking to myself, that was casual and normal sounding, wasn't it? Smooth, right? She didn't answer. I thought, well, maybe I'm not as smooth as I thought. Then I tried again to say something like, I like your dress. It gives off a warm spring vibe. But my awkward ass left that shit fall out of my mouth. I like your dress. It vibes a warm spring. <laughs> John, fuck you. It was that moment I... <laughs> first thought I would be single indefinitely but she slowly um but she slowly raised her face to look at me and she had this shocked look at her face and it was the first time I had ever seen her eyes her eyes were a milk chocolate color that melted into my own bowl of heart fluttering chocolatey I started to panic and she had the shocked, terrified look on her face. And I started to think that maybe I was something that I had said horribly wrong. But what she said next coughed me off guard that I didn't know what to say. You can see me? What? I said, of course I can see you. Why wouldn't I be able to see you? Kind of hard to miss you. She said, well, because no one ever notices me. No one ever did. She's like, and then he says, no one ever did. What do you mean? How does someone like you not get noticed? You're, you're really beautiful, I said. She looked at me like I had just committed a horrendous crime the moment I said that. Beautiful, what? She sounded as if she had never even knew or heard of the word. Uh, yeah, you're pretty, John said. You silver-tongued bastard, my eloquence was a panty dropper. Then she dropped the bombshell. <laughs> She said, you know I'm dead, right? In hindsight, her bluntness was sexy. Wait, you're... I questioned, absolutely confused. 
She proved it by reaching out to grab my hand and she passed right through me like it was made of water and I felt a slight chill where she touched me. I should have been terrified, jump screamed, but I didn't. I was captivated and all I was able to say was, how? She said, my name is, or was rather, Luna. I died about 18 years ago on this bus. I asked her how, again, she died on a school bus of all places. She told me the story of how she used to ride the bus to school with her brother and how she was bullied really bad, just like I was. She said one day one of her bullies that rode the bus with her started to be exceptionally cruel to her. She said that she had had enough and tried to tell them off and he got out of his seat, pissed, and made his way towards her when her brother stood ready to fight. The bully pulled a knife out of the bag. And what happened next kind of happened fast. Luna stood up in, to, in some kind of effort, protect her brother as the bully swung the knife. Meanwhile, the bus driver had seen what was happening and slammed on the brakes, causing everyone to fly towards the end of the front of the bus. Luna fell forward onto the knife with the blade piercing her at the base of her neck. She said she was dead before the ambulance got there. She had been struck on the bus. She had been stuck on the bus ever since, never leaving, never being seen. She says she can only physically interact with things if she was angry or had some other kind of extremely powerful emotion like anger or fear, but she wasn't an angry person in life, so she never really interacted with anything during her time in her mobile prison. She had watched kids come and go on the bus for nearly two decades, and no one ever knew that she was even there, until now anyway. During all this, I was having the worst sort of emotional hurricane you can imagine. Here I was listening to the girl of my dreams tell me her life story and me telling a little of my own. Her smile was toxic, her eyes, her hair, her voice, and I, could, and I couldn't even touch her. I would never be able to. She saw, me several times to tr tr she saw me several times try to reach for her hand while she told the story. The look of sadness on my face gave away my true feelings. She knew without me saying how I felt about her, and she knew it would never be. I like you, John, a lot. You're sweet. And if I were still alive, I can see myself dating you, maybe. But she looked down, saddened. We locked eyes in silence for a while before the moment was ruined by asshole Dalton, who was sitting a couple of seats away. Hey, shithead, look, you're, you're going just as crazy as your crack whore mother. Oh, my God, this language. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I can't think I've ever cursed. What? I've never said so many bad words at one day. Jesus. <laughs> so noisy. Hey, shithead. Looks like you're just as crazy as your crack whore mother talking to yourself over there. Or are you sharing your mom's stash? I bet her pipe is shaped like a dick so that she can get both her favorite things at once. Wow. Christ. Whoa. Seriously, fuck Dalton. I heard Luna whisper to me, I'll fix this for you. She walked, glided right through me and the seats right up to Dalton, who still couldn't see her. And what happened next was the stuff of nightmares. And it was hot. Her image blinked for a second, and suddenly Dalton could see her, and he fell back in his seat, shaken. Luna fa Luna's face stretched vertically, her eyes turning black and her skin turned brown and it looked like she it was tearing. The place where the knife entered her neck split more wide than any knife could have ever been. Her teeth, 
all of them, formed into long, narrow black fangs that stuck out of her mouth that had opened wider than any normal human mouth should ever be open. Then she let out the loudest, most blood curdling scream that I could have ever heard that was laced with years of loneliness, despair, pain, fear, and anger. Dalton fainted out of fear. Me, being the closest horror movie buff I was, the closet horror, sorry, me being the closet horror movie buff that I was, had shivers of ecstasy run down my spine. That was hot. <laughs> plus, Dalton had been silent, so plus one for that as well. My day had been made. The bus driver, who wouldn't see Dalton passed out in the seat, stopped the bus and looked back to figure out what just happened. I smugly shrugged my shoulders as I had no idea what he was talking about and then asked what the noise was. The other half a dozen of people saw on the bus sat there frozen, unable to process what they had witnessed. During this time, Luna made her way back to me and apologized that I had to see that, but that she didn't think he would be bugging me anymore. She said she never liked him. We talked on the bus for the rest of my time in high school. I would always eagerly wait for the bus in the morning and I couldn't wait for the school to be over, for school to be over to be back on the bus. I even had a car when I'd become a senior, but I told my mom I was going to save money by taking the bus so she didn't question it. Then came graduation. I tried to keep the day out of my mind as long as possible as I knew eventually, what it eventually meant. The day I never stepped foot on that bus again. She knew it was coming and she did the best that she could to take my mind off of it. I needed to tell her. I wish I could. I would have sooner. It was my last day on the bus and she knew it. My house was quickly approaching. Luna, I, st I said staring at the floor. It's okay, John. I understand. She can read me like a book. I just... I know it's probably stupid. I've never felt like this about anyone. You've been the only person I can ever talk to and been so kind to me. It's not fair. I can't even hold your hand and I've tried to kiss you. And if I tried to kiss you, I'd be tasting the window behind you because I'd fall through. Plus, you're practically 30. It sucks. It's not fair. Why can't you haunt me and not the boss? <laughs> Who is stopping you? I was choking down tears, trying to whisper so that the driver didn't hear me losing my shit. John, she said, wanting to say something but didn't know what. She knew the moment that I left the bus and her, I'd be a lonely wreck. I never wanted to get off that bus. I tried probably half a dozen times frantically trying to hold her hand as we pulled up to my house, only smacking my fingers against hard leather. If anyone else had been watching, they would have thought I was angrily smacking the bus seat. She watched with a sad look on on her unable to do anything. I looked upon her, tears welling up in my eyes, and she met my gaze with a look that only the ghost of a lover could ever give to someone that was still alive and didn't know how to deal with it. I love you, Luna. I love you too, John. Goodbye. I ran off that bus into my house, straight into my room, slamming the door and bawled my eyes out and didn't come out for a day or two. My mother was completely confused as to what had happened. It probably didn't help that I didn't want to talk about it either. A few days later, I had an idea. I waited until it was late at night, got in that car that I never drove, and drove to where they kept the school bus overnight. I hopped the fence and looked for my bus. I finally found it and broke in. I shined my flashlight out around looking for her, but she wasn't there. Luna? I, whisp I whispered in desperation. Nothing. I sat down in the seat. I last saw her, and, it, and I silently cried. A moment later, John, what are you doing? It was the first time I had seen her in the moonlight. In the darkness, the light of the moon made her appear translucent yet glowing, a literal beacon in my otherwise dark world, ironic, corny, cheesy, 
and I'm stupid. I don't want to be without you, Luna. Nothing would ever be the same without you. I want to be with you. I cried. There's only one way that that can happen, and I can't let you do that. I won't let you end your life early just because of me. I can either spend my life alone and sad, maybe marry someone who I don't really love, and eventually I'd still die alone, and after that, I'd be alone forever. Why not die now and just never be alone? I sounded hysterical. I think I was out of my mind. Who was I kidding? I was in love with a ghost. Before she could respond, someone yelled out, Hey, who the hell is out there? Come out. I probably should have mentioned before that my bus driver was also the one who ran the bus barn school transportation system. He also practically lived in the bus barn. He was standing outside the bus barn with a shotgun. I didn't blame him. What kind of nut job breaks into the schoolyard, a bus yard at 2.30 in the morning? Oh yeah, me. He systematically began searching all the buses, looking for the cause of the noise. That was my loud ass mouth. All the while, Luna was telling me to run away. What can I say? I'm stubborn and stupid. Very stupid. He was walking towards the bus I was on. As he was about 10 feet from the door, I charged the door. I had Luna caught on to what I was doing and made the door, made for the door to stop me. The driver saw me burst out of the door, startling him. Bam. It sounded like someone blasted a shotgun off next to my head because, well, duh. But it was way louder than normal shotgun. It sounded unnatural. It almost sounded like there were two blasts instead of one, like some fabric of reality had just been blown apart. My eyes had been squeezed shut and I was shaking. I wasn't in pain and I was still standing, so I figured I'd either died and was already a ghost or I hadn't died. I slowly opened my eyes and what I saw in front of me was something that shouldn't have been possible. It was Luna. She was off the bus. On the other side of her was the driver with a look of absolute shock on his face. The shotgun had been fired, but it missed everything but the bus. Holding the barrel was Luna. She had grabbed the barrel and pointed down the direction, saving my life. The driver could see her too. What he said next caught me so off guard. Luna? He said shakily. What the shit? What does the bus driver know her name? Sunny? Was all she said. Okay, what the hell? But you, I saw you, you died, he said. How did he know her? I know. I never left, though. I've always been here. On the bus, she said. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he replied. I started to pick up what was going on. It's okay, Sunny. It wasn't your fault, she said. He broke down right then and there. There were no words for a minute. And then, if only mom knew you were still on the bus, maybe she wouldn't have. He couldn't finish the sentence. This seemed to catch Luna off guard. Here she was having the her brother tell her that her mom committed suicide shortly after following her death. And she was finding out almost 20 years after the fact. Sunny looked at me and said, who the hell are you? I was so stunned by what was unfolding in front of me that I couldn't even speak. Luckily, Luna explained for, for him who I was and I wasn't here up to no good. It wasn't until I finally spoke up about what I was really speechless over that they realized the gravity of the situation. The situation. No one else had noticed until I spoke up. Up until that point, Luna was translucent in the moonlight. She was standing solidly in front of me, and she had just grabbed the shotgun barrel mid-fire only moments ago. Luna, I paused. I don't think you're... I said wide-eyed. 
The reality of this quickly stepped over the three of us as she looked down on herself, noticing she was no longer partially transparent. She looked up at me scared, slightly excited, and raised her hand. I hesitated. I reached out, and her hand was warm. That was it. Wow. Talk about running the gamut from making me cry to what's going on here, the crazy town. <laughs> what? I don't Wow. Good twist, too. Yeah, yeah, I thought so as well. I was just like, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, was a good twist. Mm-hmm. That, that is just real. I love that story. That was a good one. Very nice. Very nice. Good, yeah, good, read job, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, that really uh, kind of goes hand in hand with people who have, well, spectrophilia. And, you know, right. it, I think it's really interesting. Um, I didn't like Daryl, by the way. Boo. Yeah. I get a Daryl. But, <laughs> but I think that's just really interesting because, like I said, people uh, love different things, right? You, know, you can't really explain why you may love, I don't know, your dog or a car or whatever. And, you know, I just think it's really interesting in the paranormal world where people who love ghosts and this poor guy, he finally finds his, like, well, soulmate, if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Just, <laughs> he's dead. There's a ghost. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know what to do about that one. What'd you think? I loved it. I thought it was a really nice, like, story. It was pretty well written. Um and it just kind of keeps you like, OK, well, what's going to happen? And, you know, and then you kind of imagine somebody going through this because I think you were just talking about like, you know, connection. And I think about that all the time. Like, well, we, why do we love? We love things for different reasons. And I think at the end of it, it's all to feel connected. Right. Like to find the half of the whole. And so that can come in different ways. And this almost reminds like the spectrophilia almost re- kind of reminds me of the same, uh, I guess, the same thing that happens in countries like China or in Japan, where people fall in love with characters like yeah. AI. You understand? Like, it's yeah. not real, but they fall in love with them and they marry these characters, these, yeah. these things. And I think it's almost the same. It's like the same thing. You understand? It's just, you know, not the same, I guess, entity or whatever. But it's the same idea. So I think at the end, I think we're all just trying to find connection. And if we can't find that connection with another human, then we'll find it in an animal. If we can't find it in an animal, then we'll find it in a ghost. And if we can't find it in a ghost, we'll find it in a cartoon character or something like that. Like, yeah. it's just... It's that like desire, you know, to connect and to feel seen and loved, you know? Absolutely. That, that is awesome. That is a great way to explain it because we all want to feel connected. We all want to feel like, I mean, when COVID happened, it was really hard, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you could not, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm stuck with my family, but maybe you got some good out of it, hopefully. But all in all, you know, you still miss that other connection outside your family or, uh, you know, and it's really hard to start because you couldn't do it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that's really interesting. And one of the other things, too, is I forgot to mention, too, with the psychophilia, people also will get uh, 
fall in love with like let's say they have a haunted mirror and in the mirror is the ghost so they'll like fall in love with a ghost or a painting or you see what i'm saying or a statue they believe it's possessed i mean it's crazy you know not crazy you know bad sense but it's just like huh like but it's connection right you you said it perfectly just connection. <laughs> yeah and i mean if you ascribe to the 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 idea or the theory that everything's energy and energy is in everything, yeah. then while a mirror is said to be a portal, uh, paintings are said to still or articles, objects can still hold the energy of, you know, its past owners. Um, what else did you say? Uh, just other things like energy is always present. Yeah. Right. So. Assuming that everything's energy and we all have a sort of a unique energy imprint and energy is never created or destroyed. And we go back to all like the, the you know, the, the science of it. And it's almost like, well, I mean, is there something there? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just fascinating me because it, it's a good yeah. thing, right? So mm -hmm. this is really funny. Uh, I got some fun questions for you, uh, Deborah. But also okay. I got some funny things that I heard from paranormal investigators that I think maybe if you want to uh, add something to it. So what are paranormal investigators? Uh, I, I always ask them, you know, have they been touched? Have they been, have they brought a spirit home? You know, a spirit attached to them? Uh, what do they do if that happens? And they all give different answers. But one of the people I was interviewing, they said that they were in a brothel, an old brothel, okay? And they were okay. walking around. The guy was walking around, and he felt people touching his butt. Like, like, <laughs> like the women. And you're in a brothel. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I started laughing, and I, then I thought, well, wait a minute. He's in a brothel that was in the Old West. And that's what they did, right? And they don't, it just, again, it fascinates me because their spirit energy out there is going like, that's what they did, right? The man would walk mm -hmm. in. And of course, you know, it's your job <laughs> to get him into your room to make money. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I can see it. Interesting. <laughs> sure. Uh, and, <laughs> My other question then would be to you, uh, let's say you were on a paranormal investigation with your husband and he was getting touched. Would you get mad at the ghost? Would you say something? I probably would say something if I saw that my husband was bothered by it. Like if my husband didn't care, I'd probably be like, oh, whatever, like anything. But if I saw my husband was kind of perturbed and kind of feeling uncomfortable, I'd probably be like, all right, we can stop this now. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. please respect the space. <laughs> yeah hey back up lady yeah <laughs> i mean if it was a human it'd be a whole completely different story but since this is a ghost like it's just you know i'd be like ah. <laughs> um he can handle it like you're just like ah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty much the yeah. standard answer i'm getting yeah good answer. <laughs> um so let's say my next question let's say a friend or a client comes to you and says Hey, Deborah, I got a problem. You, um, it seems my wife is having an affair with a ghost. 
Uh, I think she's cheat on, cheating on me with a goat. What do you think you would say to that? How do you think you would handle it? I mean, I'm going to speak from a from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Um, if a woman is cheating in any way with any other person or entity, for that matter, you got to ask yourself why. Like, what is going on? I mean, this goes both for both ways. But if like a man specifically came up to me and said, I think my wife is cheating me with other ghosts, I'd be like, then what are you not giving your wife that a ghost can? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'd be like, mm, what's going on there? You understand? Like, what is it that a ghost has that you don't? So you better check yourself, buddy. Like, there's something not right with this equation. <laughs> your physical flesh, and it is not. So what is going on? Yeah. So I'd probably ask that question. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I just think that's really interesting. That's what people have had. Um, there was a woman who was having a relationship with a ghost um, who went to her husband one day and told him, hey, I'm having an affair. First, he got really upset, thinking it's a real person. And then when she said, no, it's some guy from like the 1800s. I can't remember the full story. I'll, I'll put it out there on, the, on my uh, social site. He was like, what? <laughs> and he yeah. was in love with some pirate that was haunting their house. Or uh, it was a pirate or something like that. Some guy from the 1800s. And uh, good news is she divorced the pirate guy. It went back to her real husband. So that it all worked out in the end, but yeah, and I mean, I that we also have to be aware, and like I know that there is a big stigma when it comes to like ghosts and like having ghostly experiences and being like labeled crazy. So I typically don't like to like touch upon that because I don't want to propagate the stigma. But there is something to say if when it comes to like mental health too and some of these paranormal experiences and these are one of those experiences where i would legitimately be like but have you seen a psychologist do you understand like i I think at this point like as i would literally probably say have you sought some professional help (laughs) because you gotta you gotta rule out (laughs) like you just need to rule that out you understand or see how it factors in and so those are definitely that's definitely one of these instances where i'd be like not to call you crazy, right. but have you sought a professional advice? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah. I, I really, really think what's interesting to me is, like you said, connection and everything like that. It, maybe your husband, maybe, you know, tell your husband to dress up like a pirate once in a while. I don't know. That's what she wants. She wants to. And I think that's super interesting because I think a lot of people, too, I'm not saying, again, you can't find love anywhere and love is a great thing, but there are some things where you're like, okay, uh, like the lady I told you uh, who said she's had uh, ghost babies. Um, and, you know, I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh, you know, how do you, how would you talk to a person like that? How do you, because obviously she probably wants a baby, like a real baby, right? right? Yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I, I would definitely go that route, too. I would say that there's two things going on there that we can't ignore. And one is that need for that connection. And specifically the connection 
to have a child, like to want the need for a child. And it's maybe she's um, unfortunately infertile um, and she hasn't been able to produce her own children. Then now she's, you know, come up with the idea of a ghost baby. And, you know, that's these again, these are instances where you're just like, I don't want to say that this is psychological, but maybe we should try to rule it out. Just in case. <laughs> so, you understand, like, just because, like, I believe in the paranormal and I'm not going to say that these things can't happen. Like, I have no idea. Like, nobody, nobody knows the true nature of the paranormal and, and to what extent these things can exist or not exist in our lives. Mm-hmm. But I think that th- these are definitely cases where, like, psychological evaluation is a prudent step in determining the, the, you know, the truth in all this and, and or what this means to that person. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do another fun thing here. Uh, believe yeah. it or not, some celebrities have had relationships with ghosts. So I'm going to read off a list for you. If if okay. Uh, you know most of these people. Uh, Lucy Liu, she had a relationship with a ghost. Uh, not a physical one or anything. It was just kind of hanging out with a goat. Uh, um, it's a weird story. Uh, I won't get too much into it. Anna Nicole Smith, uh, if you're familiar with her, mm. uh, plus size model or whatever you want to say. Uh, um, she, uh, was with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Marilyn, she claims Marilyn Monroe would visit her and try to give her advice. And try to okay. help her stuff. So that was a good one. Uh, I have no idea. I do not listen to her music, but Kesha. Um, okay. She's had what she calls a relationship with ghosts. Um, I don't know if she still has her paranormal show on anymore, but she's be having a, a show where she would like, uh, oh, what was it called? I, I got it on the sheet here. Uh, something with Kesha, where she would go <laughs> to all these paranormal places. And, uh, you know, check out these investigations. Uh, oh. Dan Aykroyd, um, he said he's had many relationships with ghosts, um, some good ones and some bad ones. Uh, I do not know who this person is. Maybe you can help me with this one. Coco Austin? Does that ring a bell? I think, <laughs> is that a woman? Sure. <laughs> oh. I think it might be a young, I think it might be a young actress, me not knowing anything about Coco Ost. American TV, per- oh, she is definitely, she's not young. Sorry, I, mean, I don't want to say she's definitely not young, but she's not as young as I thought she would be. Oh, okay. uh, she's a American television personality and actress. Oh. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. And then Natasha Blasek, of paranormal activity too. Um, she claims that she again oh. had relationships with ghosts. Um, and this singer I do not know, uh, but there's a English or a British singer, excuse me, a bro card card, I guess. And she has had a relationship with a 300 year old dead soldier, dead soldier. And you pronounce this better than I do. Eduardo. <laughs> Eduardo, Eduardo, yeah. <laughs> when he was thirty-five, he fell down a well, 
but they fell in a sheet. I don't know where he wants to climb out of the well. But anyway, they have mm-hmm. fallen in love and were to get married, except, and this is hilarious, he ghosted her. <laughs> Literally ghosted her. And well, I mean. Recently, um, she and him are not together anymore, but she wrote a song called Haunted about their relationship. Um, I can't play the song because I don't want to pay the copyright fees. But if you want to go <laughs> and listen to a Brocardi uh, song called Haunted, that is about her relationship with Eduardo. Um, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Very interesting. I, I just think it's really interesting that uh, for me, like with celebrities having relationships with ghosts, I think part of it is because, like, again, connection. Uh, mm-hmm. They can't, like, go out and have a, what I would say a normal relationship, per se, because they are famous. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hard for them to, like, meet normal people and have normal conversations because they're famous. So I think a lot of this is maybe their connection to ghosts because they're lonely or I don't know. But what do you think? I don't know. It's like, it's kind of, again, like, I don't like, it's one of those things where like, I understand that it is very possible to connect and have some sort of relationship with a ghost. And I'm not going to say no, because I feel like there's billions of people on earth. Like everybody's seen a ghost at some point. Who's to say ghosts can interact with us at some personal level. You understand? I just, because I haven't experienced it doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily exist. But at the same time, at the same time, <laughs> it's almost like saying, well, okay, but is it really that that's what's happening and you're interacting with the ghost or, or some other realm or spirit or is there something else going on there, right? Is it really just a, a need for like we, what we're talking about, a connection? Because another thing is that Hollywood is notoriously uh, famous for the type of stressful, like a type of stressful life. Like like you said, they can't have normal relationships. They're under this constant trust stress of work and like fame and we all know that a lot of hot stars are also into like darker things like drugs and alcohol and like addictions and stuff and these things too can also add to some of these you know ghostly experiences so it's like one of these like i don't know what it is but the only reason the only way to really get to it is just to kind of explore it and, and like evaluate it but i don't know it could be both it could be yeah maybe wanting connection and then that manifesting as a ghost like you understand like you want it so bad that it manifests to you in some way like i don't know who knows absolutely it's part of what you, yeah absolutely absolutely because well one of the things is as we know is we tend to in the paranormal want to deal with it's scary it, it can affect you mentally in a bad way but this is the exact opposite. This is yeah. love, something that, you know, who doesn't love love, right? Who doesn't want to see right. a couple in love and makes you smile, you know, to see that old couple walking down and they've been married for 40 years and they're still holding hands and kissing. You know, it uplifts you, right? You see that young couple in its first love and you're like, that is so really cool, you know? Because uh, we're yeah. so used to, like I said, in the paranormal, of like, oh, the ghost scratched me, or it bit me, or grabbed my butt, <laughs> whatever. It's yeah, you know, this is. It, I think it's 
do you find it harmless? I guess that would be my last question. Do you think this is harmless with these people? To a certain point, right? Like you said, I think when you go to a, uh, past a certain point, you need mental, professional mental health, right? Yeah. I I could definitely see this being something super benign and even maybe um, positive to one's health, like well-being, right? Uh, but again, to a certain extent, right? Like everything in, in everything needs balance in this life. And if people take it to the extreme, then you you got to start asking different questions and seeing how really it starts to affect their life and the lives of others around them. And so that's where I feel like maybe an intervention is probably warranted. Um, but I mean, if this person's just happily living their life, no known sort of um, any no known psychological issues, just normal person that says that they're having a relationship with ghosts, isn't hurting anybody, isn't really affecting their life. They seem happier about for it and everything. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like, I'm do sorry. you, boo? Been, right. <laughs> movies made. The yeah. That everybody knows is ghosts with Patrick Swayze and Demo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it, it was, you know, a very loving, touching movie that a lot of people yeah you know, have seen multiple times and say, okay, that's kind of cool. But if you were to put that into real life, you might be like, okay, that's really cool. <laughs> but, you know, so it's kind of, right, it's that fine line between. Yeah, and- it is. I also think it's validating too, especially if the ghost is somebody that you do know or is part of your family or passed down loved one or something like that. I think that's when you know, it becomes possibly really good for the person, you know, again, to a certain extent, because um, maybe it offers them closure. It offers them some sort of, uh, it helps them process the grief, right, of losing the individual. This is why mediums are so popular and so well thought, like sought after. It's because of that. You want that sort of like to to feel that closure, to connect one last time, to make sure everything's okay. And I mean, if that's the type of relationship you're having, if it's like a past on love with, especially like a husband or a wife that was deceased or something like that, um, it could be very, very beneficial for the individual. And then they can kind of continue on with their lives and and sort of like that. So maybe it's just a momentary thing, right? In which case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before we wrap up here, one of the things, too, is I hear from and, and maybe you, maybe you hear this, too. Uh, at least for mediums and stuff, or tarot readers, or uh, a woman who reads like tea leaves and stuff. Um, and, and she was telling me the one of the most, well, one of the frequent questions she gets is relationship. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. Do you find that true where people might ask, like, am I going to meet, I don't know, Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright or whatever? I'm like, that's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, it's actually one of the most popular questions that I get um, when I do read tarot. And everybody yeah. always wants to know, when am I going to find the right person? Is this a person for me? Is this my soulmate? And these are questions that are very sometimes, I mean, the cards will say what the cards will say, or the medium will get whatever energy. But I think that what people kind of, where people miss the point and they disconnect <clears throat> is that, I can tell you what I'm seeing now, 
but all this is dependent on what's happening now. Something can change tomorrow. Do you understand? Like nothing's ever set in stone because a lot of it also has to do with like your own decisions and your free will. So it's always, it's sometimes like, I think people want like to feel validated so I can offer validation. And I think a lot of mediums can offer validation and security, but not all of this is a hundred percent. You understand? We can see it to where we can see or, or feel what we can feel. But after that, there's, you know, we can't get all parts of the story and pay, like you have to also, they have to also put in their puzzle pieces to make it all like whole. I, I love that. I love that. So one thing I just thought off the top of my head, I have to ask you uh, because I think you'd have a great answer for me. If before, when I was single, <laughs> women okay smell desperate is that a thing can you smell desperate as a woman let's say you're single again and you're yes. on the dating you're at a club you, <laughs> is desperate a thing can women pick that up um yes <laughs> short answer is yes we can pick up on desperate overconfident um we can pick up on, you know, self-conscious, uh, trying too hard. Um, and these are not all women, because I've seen women that I'm just like, girl, girl, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> but like, if, if you're in tune with like your intuition and your womanly abilities, you understand, you can definitely pick on all these things because men in general, not everybody, uh, men tend to overcompensate and it's just really easy to, like, you're just kind of like, mm. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> okay. okay. So. so let's do this. Me and Deborah, we're going to give, if you're single and you're listening to this, uh, maybe you like some boy at school or you like a girl or whoever, it doesn't matter. Maybe you like a ghost. So let's not, don't be desperate, right? That'd be the first thing. Don't, don't, yeah. don't that don't be overconfident is I would say, and I know this is pretty cliche, but like be yourself because they're going to love yeah. you for yourself, right? If you're goofy, you're weird, you're whatever, right? It, it, am I right on that? Is that pretty good advice about that one? Oh, that's the best advice that I think anybody can ever give. And if we started to use that when we were younger, we'd probably be in better positions. <laughs> but you know, we don't because we all are young and we think that we know it all. But um, definitely be yourself. And because I think what we don't realize is that if we start lying and we start, we enter a relationship with this facade, at some point it all breaks down. And when it breaks down, everything that you've built breaks down with it. So because it's all based on a lie. It was all based on something that you never were. And unless you really are in love and you can pick up those pieces and that person forgives you and you can build again together, typically that just all like breaks apart because it was all based on half-truths. So you might as well just be yourself. Trevor and I are going to do a new podcast called Love Help I We Call In. <laughs> and you talk paranormal stuff. You call, we don't care. You talk, uh, no, I think it's really good for people out there who are listening to this podcast and saying, uh, okay, so you want me to fall in love with a ghost or whatever? You're like, well, you know, all we say is, you know, make sure you have a good mental attitude about things. If you feel like maybe something's not right, 
you know, seek professional help. And if you're looking to find love uh, around the Valentine's Day and everything like that, right? Be yourself. Don't, you know, come across, you know, be friendly, be honest. Would you say anything else? And don't stop believing in yourself, I think I would say, because I think oftentimes people just kind of give up on themselves and they think that something's wrong with them and that that's not going to help. So the best thing they can do is definitely believe that they can get out of whatever rut or improve whatever it is that they don't like about themselves and eventually find their prince charming or princess or whatever and and live happily ever after. That's awesome. So, uh, what do you got coming up, Deborah? What can you share with my Suki friends uh, that they are looking forward to? Um, well, what I have coming up is kind of more on a local thing. So, here in where I live in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, so, if anybody is listening and is from Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> February. Listeners in Florida, Deborah. Okay. Well, if you're in the area or near the area, um, on the 18th of February, uh, Sunday, Sunday, from 4 to 6 p.m., I'll be hosting a group session. Um, and if uh, you're interested in coming, I can definitely uh, have you reserve a spot. So just reserve with me at Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at paranormalparadigma.com. And I'll save you a spot so that you can come and the fee is $20. But if you mention this here, uh, you can come in for 15 And then um, the other thing that I have going on is kind of working more on developing a guidebook for all those, a free guidebook, free guidebook for the paranormal and anybody that's experiencing paranormal activity and kind of understanding a little bit about the paranormal and spirituality, paranormal and stigma, how to overcome the fear and give you some tips and tools on how to better uh, explore the paranormal and protect yourself while doing so, so that you can better understand these meanings and improve your well-being while doing so. That is awesome. I love it. So again, like I said, Deborah and I are going to have our paranormal hotline open. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> paranormal love questions here at, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway Deborah, thank you so much I always love having you on you're the greatest uh, you always give great advice and uh, that, that story was awesome uh, I love it and I hope everyone out there has a, a lovely uh, Valentine's Day when they listen to this and uh, come on Valentine's Day I'm going to drop it on that Valentine's Day I think it's a Wednesday. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, whatever you guys want to call it. Just have a beautiful day. <laughs> and I will have Deborah back on the show. She loves cryptids. You still love cryptids, right? Still love it all. <laughs> yeah, love all the life. spooky. Yeah. <laughs> all the spooky stuff. So I'll definitely have Deborah back on. Because she, like I said, she's awesome and she always brings a brightness to my show, which makes it even better. (laughs) I appreciate it. I love coming here. So thank you for having me. Thanks, Deborah. You have a great night and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
in a world where true crime meets the supernatural and the unexplained. Where true crime and chills go hand in hand. Welcome to Total Conundrum, the podcast that explores the dark, the eerie, and the downright mysterious. Join us as we embark on a spine-tingling journey through the mysteries that keep you up at night. We're diving deep into true crime stories, uncovering the most baffling cases, and exploring the twisted minds behind them. But we don't stop there. We're also exploring the paranormal, from haunted houses to cryptids and all the creepy things that go bump in the night. Get ready for some supernatural thrills. And what sets us apart? Prepare for a dose of dark humor as we navigate through the creepy and bizarre. <laughs> We've got it all. Bone-chilling tales, banter, and mind-boggling conundrums. You won't know whether to scream or laugh. <laughs> so grab your favorite snack, turn down the lights, and join us for a roller coaster ride of true crime and the supernatural sprinkled with a bit of comic banter. Stay curious, stay captivated, and let's dive into the world of Total Conundrum. Now available on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready to be captivated, creeped out, and cracked up with Total Conundrum. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Total Conundrum. Please make sure to check out our website and blog at totalconundrum.com for news, upcoming events, merch, bloopers, and additional hysteria. You never know what will pop up, so be sure to follow along. If you want to show your support for Total Conundrum and gain access to all of our bonus content, please visit our Patreon page. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links are available in our show notes. If you have any questions, comments, recommendations, or stories to share, please email us at contact at totalconundrum.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the love. Keep on creeping on, mother cluckers.